Ellis, and you're listening to the Get Rooted podcast. On this podcast, we talk about personal growth, spirituality, self-awareness, and pretty much everything and anything under the sun that helps us be our best so we can bring our best to the world around us. It is also a community, so if you're looking for people to help you in your growth, support you on your path, and have that group around you to be able to make the change in your life, then find us on the social media and join our community. A couple reoccurring announcements here before we get into today's episode. I am looking for people to have conversations of this nature with, so if that is something that you would be interested in, reach out to me on Gmail through getrootedpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at become underscore rooted. And if you could, please like, comment, subscribe, share it with your friends, family, post it on socials, and let the algorithm gods know that this podcast is worth listening to so it gets in more people's ears so our community and the movement can grow. And today I am joined by a very good and old friend of mine, Cameron Goodwin. He is a Kung Fu master. Hi guys, I'm Cam Goodwin. I do Kung Fu. And today he posed a question about anger and the purpose of anger. And he shared a post with me online. So I figured we could talk about it. He's going to read the post and we'll take it from there. Yeah, so uh, I'm a passionate person, and I really love self-expression and self-reflection. It, you know, that general Bruce Lee stuff that I've been telling you about. And uh, I follow, I'm part of a, the acrobatic community. And so occasionally you'll get some other growing philosophers that will share their thoughts and process on stuff, because flipping upside down is scary. And uh, one of my friends named Peter shared this with the group. <clears throat> Anger is lifeblood. Without it, passivity and depression are inevitable. Without the capacity for an inner dialogue that can tolerate and understand anger, hate becomes a real problem. Denial of anger is the underlying factor of most of the infantile hatred dividing people today. Follow the red rabbit, and he'll turn blue off your watching alone. Interesting. So, what about that resonated with you, or what were your thoughts on it? So, growing up, my old man had anger issues, my brother had anger issues. I was actually a pretty calm kid for the most part, but... You know, everybody looks at anger like it's this, like, super toxic thing, but it's just another tool. You know, if you look at self-improvement and self-reflection, emotions are gateways to understanding, and you can also use them to help further your own progress. As long as you can correctly identify where it comes from. Uh, well, the reason why I shared it and what I tagged you in is I said I agree with all this, um, but some people are going to read it, and their knee-jerk reaction is like, oh, anger is unhealthy. This guy's probably got issues. However, anger, just like anything else, is a tool for you to use. It can be used to motivate you for self-improvement. As long as you understand the context and where it comes from, it's natural to feel it. Otherwise, if you're just angry for the sake of being angry, you're a prick. You know? mm-hmm. I don't know what your censorship rating is on here. But I'm just trying to be a little more <laughs> polite for people. Uh, yeah, you, you just turn into a jerk if you're just angry angry for the sake of being angry. Uh, and I wanted to point this out for you because I think it's a great talking point. And I think that it's one of those things that people, you know, you'll hear. And it's like, oh, no, feel free to 
to be angry, but you have to understand where it comes from. And I thought it'd be great to discuss that and hear your thoughts on it specifically. Yeah, I think anger is one of those, it kind of leans into like that shadow side for a lot of people where it's a scary emotion most times when people experience it. It's often been socialized as something that's not good to experience either. And so a lot of people, when they do experience anger, they either try to minimize the experience and push it down and either not acknowledge it so they don't have to deal with the consequences of what the expression is or they just completely fall into it in a way that's so unproductive because it's so unwielded and it, and because it's so uncomfortable and so many people kind of push it away or aren't very comfortable in exploring it sitting with it examining it it's often ignored in the ways that it actually can be a messenger and i actually kind of had to work with my own anger and recognizing what it served. And one one of the experiences I had, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the concept of an internal family system. Mm-mm. Um, so there is a therapist. I can't remember who it is. I'll put it in the show notes. One, one of my favorite parts about being part of Wounded is uh, learning all these new terms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what this one, one therapist kind of started to do is recognize <coughs> that he has the theory that as we developed and we experience trauma at certain ages, our sense of self kind of fractionated and it ends up stagnated at these different ages. Oh, that's cool. That's interesting to point out. So when, when you've experienced the trauma and you're um, now as an adult trying to integrate all these different parts of you, it's like the highest self, the best self that you can be can now show up as like the wise inner parent and then goes in and examines and have these yes. conversations with these younger, <laughs> more immature parts of ourselves. And so one night I was doing a meditation and kind of exploring this concept and seeing what was there. And Do you meditate daily? I try to. As best you can, right? Yeah. Like, would you say you meditate weekly at least? Yeah. Okay, cool. See, I'm the same way. There used to be a point where I meditated every day, but like a day today, for example... Uh, meditation didn't really lend itself to me. So I, I try to get at least two or three in a week. Mm-hmm. It's like a workout. Mm-hmm. I treat it, kind of treat it like a workout. Like, okay, this is a meditation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think there's different forms of meditation, too. Um, you know, you can have the more, like, sitting and being very disciplined and, and training your mind to be in the present moment. But I also kind of experience, like, running as kind of my own meditation. Oh, absolutely. Meditation and movement. Mm-hmm. Centering. Yeah. So in this exercise I was doing, I was communicating with my emotions. And at that point, I was dealing with a lot of pain and a lot of anger. Mm-hmm. And for me, that part of me felt younger, probably felt around like eight. And this young part of me was just so determined that like, because I was giving it a voice and I was looking at like, what do you have to teach me? Like, why are you here? And this small part of me was like, I'm here to protect you. If a boundary is crossed... I'm I'm going to show up and I'm going to do this so I can protect the smaller side of you that's vulnerable and fragile. And it, it gave me such appreciation for this emotion, which was often one that I felt a lot of shame around experiencing. And then being able to recalibrate my relationship with anger, mm-hmm. then it really gave me the opportunity to see, okay, if if I'm angry, that gives me a moment to take pause and now examine... Is it a perceived threat? Is it an actual threat across or like trespass against my boundary? Is it actually something that's 
showing up because I'm not I'm not an angry person usually. Like and I'm pretty agreeable, exactly, and yeah. I'm pretty understandable. So in the moments where something <laughs> you are rooted, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I try to be. But so in those moments where I'm actually upset about something, it's like, okay, maybe this is justified. Maybe what it's not. happened? Yes, yeah. what happened to push you to get angry? Mm-hmm. I, I actually had a. It's, I was talking about a similar situation. I I teach kids my martial arts stuff too, and ignoring the, uh, I guess you could call it the inadequacy that I experienced as an over 30-year-old man training some of these guys who are literally professional athletes now, um, because I still practice myself. I was talking about uh, how one of my students is super tough, and I got a call that he started crying because he got kicked during a summer camp and all that. Like, what what has to happen to make these people experience these outward ranges of emotion that they normally don't, you know? Like, your threshold for anger is a lot greater than mine is. Mm. And uh, I think that a lot of people, when they're trying to get self-help or a self-improvement, taking courses and stuff, that's one of the things they uh, will get automatically is, you know, anger is kind of a negative this and that, uh, trying... Not so much embrace it and acknowledge it, but ignore it and push it down mm-hmm. tends to be the way that most people treat it. But you're actually like pointing out you need to take a second to look at where it's coming from. You're normally not like this. What did it take to push you to that? Right. And if I think the other part of that, too, is if someone is quick to be enraged or quick to lean on anger as as a defense technique then it it often is also still an invitation of how does it serve me exactly and if it's if it's causing damage to my relationships because i'm not able to connect with them because i'm upset then now there's this opportunity to examine why is it that i lean on this tool of anger and then how can i achieve different results through um a different modality of connecting with yeah. them or communicating in a way where I can now express why I'm upset in a way that doesn't necessarily jump to flying off the handle. Well, here's a fun one. Uh, Do you get road rage? Okay, let me rephrase. How often do you get road rage? I refuse to believe nobody gets mad while driving universally. I'm saying how often does it happen? Not often. Most of the times if it does happen, it's because I'm already in a rush and I'm already like stressed out about something else. Imbalanced, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. And, and therefore my threshold to be able to wave something away. And usually it's not like other people's behaviors. It's it's me wanting to move faster than the people around me. Then I'll be exactly. like, Woo! Yep. you know, for the most part, if, if I'm going and someone does something kind of crazy <laughs> or pokey, as long as I have the time, like I'm 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 good. And most of the times, even when I'm in a rush, I'm like, all right, I'll get there when I get there. Yep. Um, it's too late now. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've been kind of researching in terms of like stress and trauma and mm-hmm. a dysregulated nervous system. The threat or the danger or perceived threat or danger is heightened and our awareness to those things is hyper focused because we feel threatened. Or we're we're not in a regulated, balanced state. So our perception is kind of skewed into this scarcity slash unsafe environment. And then because we feel unsafe, that's why we're likely to lean into anger, I think, more. Yeah. See, actually, I'm glad that you mentioned the safety part of that because uh, I was going to give my spin on it. Because I'm going to say that I experience, I like to think everybody experiences anger, but I willingly accept 
and participate in getting mad on the road more often. I don't do anything to people, obviously, but I'm like, oh, come on, man. Or what mm-hmm. the hell, etc. And it's never because I'm scared. I'm enough of a ninja. All right, I saw you coming. I knew you were about to just cut me off, jump in front of me, and dart across three lanes of traffic. The reason why I get upset about that is because I'm worried about when you do that again, and it's not to somebody who has reflexes. And I've realized that with my road rage is that it's never usually I'm getting mad at them for doing that to me. I'm mad because they think they're the only person in the world and eventually they're going to realize they're not when they hit someone. Mm -hmm. And so it's being able to identify like where you're mad at. And so when people will jump out and I'm with Kess or my nephew or niece and, you know, it's by the skin of our teeth sometimes that we avoid evade things. Everybody's been there. I'm never explosively angry or anything like that it's just like it's important to acknowledge like why you're angry like are you mad that they did this to you or are you thinking like bigger picture ahead i'm worried personally i'm not really mad that they did it to me i'm worried about when they're gonna do it to somebody else who is having to yell in the back seat or look at something their kids are doing and then they get slammed Mm -hmm. uh has there ever been an instance where your anger actually helped you or benefited you yeah i mean like as a motivator yeah, I, I try not to use it so much as fuel for progress. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I think, and going back to kind of that meditation I had where I was like, oh, well, okay, recognizing that my anger is here to protect me and help indicate where maybe I'm not being treated as I should or should tolerate being treated. I think I've come to a lot more peace with it, and therefore it's less scary to experience and therefore I can choose healthier relationships now or I can choose healthier connections because now I'm going to trust this internal voice a little bit more and that doesn't mean like like I've used an example in another podcast where if I'm already having a stressful day and I come in and if my partner's there and they're on the phone or whatever and they ignore me and I get angry about that I can recalibrate that and recognize all right that that's a wound that's an old trigger right there um, I can, I can soothe that part of me and recognize that it's not necessarily justified if, if the behavior overall with that person is That's consistent. That's great. That's great self-awareness. That's incredible self-awareness. And I guess that ties back to having self-awareness of your own ego and everything else like that. Ego so, and anger, I think, are inherently connected. Do you? Yeah. I, I think probably, yeah. Because it, most of the time it's a protective measure, I think. It's a protective measure, and if you think about the source of a lot of anger, it comes down to expectation. Okay. And expectation is directly tied to your ego, to mm-hmm. your self-image. Uh, or at least, like, the traditional sense of the ego. Like, case in point, uh, if you're mad at, at your partner for ignoring you when you get home after a long day, and it's made worse by having it be a stressful day, even though they didn't know that, it's like, well, you know, I kind of kind of expect to be like at least greeted or said Mm. hi to you know but it could just be a quick phone call about work you know it literally happened and they're laughing about to get off the phone but I think that it's tied directly in with ego like anytime that my anger has actually benefited me it's been because I had a higher expectation of myself I'm like okay let's do this and I'll get up and I'll go and make myself do it because of that how those two are connected yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, there's been times where, 
my setting expectations for myself and then being disappointed if I'm not able to make them like that, that will fuel me. But I'm also kind of careful to, and it's still a process. Like I still have the inner critic and that voice. And I did a whole podcast kind of talking about how the inner critic can basically, it creates this gap between who we are and where we're at and where we want to be. And if we're constantly striving for where we want to be, there's always this gap between the two. Oh, absolutely. And that is so hard to balance. We talked about that a little bit in the uh, group mm-hmm. chat the other day. Yeah. And and with that, like, I, I think if we're all, always coming from a place of lack of, like, where where do I want to be and always fixating on somewhere else instead of accepting and finding peace with where I'm at, I find that it's a lot crueler, a lot more harsh. It, it served me well. Like a lot of like I'm I've been a high achieving person for so yes, long. Yes, absolutely. But it's like this thing where push pushing myself with this like fuel of kind of frustration or even like this shame, which isn't quite the same as anger, but it's like I think it ties the, in. Yeah. A, a little bit, yeah. And and being able to push myself further with that, it's it served me well. But I think I'm having more fun trying to come at it with this more like self acceptance and yes. this is where I'm at, this is who I am right now. Doesn't mean I'm not like I'm gonna stop any sort of like progression, but now I get to do it from a positive, fun, playful, creative space as opposed to one where I'm fueled by like a sense of unworthiness. Yeah, exactly. They're all tools, right? Uh, a lot of people... Something I love about our generation is that we kind of stopped caring about living up to expectations from our parents. Yeah. And that's that. like, as a whole, we're more accepting of different types of people. We're accepting it of stuff that they never would have even thought of back in the day. We have more mental health awareness. LGBTQ is a thing in our generation, thankfully, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. And even 30 years ago, none of that was really there, mm-hmm. you know. And so I'm not saying that we pioneer that, but what I'm saying is we're part of that generation. However, I think that the, the negative side of that is that in losing our care of expectations from our forefathers, we kind of stop setting them for ourselves. I think that that's the other side of that coin. And that's where that self-awareness comes in. So... I've thought a little bit about this, and I, I know it kind of veers off from the anger, but I think you're right in saying that anger is often the consequence of unmet expectation. However, I read an interesting article that talked about uh, the difference between expectation and standards. Yes. And so standards are like the rules of the game. The, these, If you want to play the game, here's how you will, <laughs> yeah. you will play. And if you do not meet these standards, you don't get to play. You know, and they were using it in terms of, like, building company culture. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll put the link to that article in the show notes as well. But expect... So, standards are good in setting, like, how... Like, that's kind of, like, rooted in in values. Like, that's how the goals for the company in terms of what expectation... Like, so, standards are how, how you play. Like, yep. this is how we go. And then expectation is where it starts to get kind of, like sketchier because it's mostly about uh it's subjective at that point it's subjective but also it's more about um imagination of like what the emerge expected emergent is and if you're not 
like ideally you're able to project that and say, all right, our expectations are you'll sell so many cookies this quarter or whatever. Obviously your standards of saying these are the metrics that we use to make sure that you're supported in reaching that goal. So it could align, but often it's more about like a projection and an imaginary future that is desired. Or it can be expectations that are projected from a negative standpoint too, where it's like, well, I expect this person to cheat on me. So I'm going to find all this evidence. And that person then has a lose, like has a case being built up in the, in their head of how this person is going to behave. And that person is just kind of victim to whatever the person's expectations are. And so often standards are good, but expectations are bad. And the fix, I think, is Mm self-awareness that you were talking about earlier. And you were mentioning you have a really harsh critic, but you've also always been, like, for lack of a better word, successful. Like, when you set out to do things, for the most part, you accomplish them. And that's because I think you know how your own motivation works, but we have a ton of friends that have been their harshest critics their whole lives, and it gets them nowhere. Mm-hmm. It digs them deeper, and that's because they lack the self-awareness to realize that this voice in their head isn't necessarily helping them push up. Uh, the way I thought of this the other day, uh, for like explaining something to kids, I was like, everybody knows Pokemon? Quit trying to make a fire-type, water-type. You know, um, As much as we all want to be free-form, we are naturally more lean towards other things. Like My inner critic is my biggest motivator, And when I don't listen to that is when I tend to fall behind, personally speaking. Because I can have friends, like, tell me, oh, you're doing great all day, or come on, let's go and do this stuff. But if I don't tell myself in here, then I'm probably not going to do it, and I'm going to want to sit back and relax. Right, and with that, there's a couple reasons for that, right? Like, one reason is we know. We know when we're slacking. Exactly. We know when we're effing off. You know, and so anyone else can say it. But if we know we're really just half-assing it, like, it's like, yeah, sure, I'm doing great. Uh Uh-huh. But then, like, the other part of that, too, is also, like, are we regulated or are we dysregulated? Exactly. Because I've also, I've had people tell me that, you know, oh, Lauren, you're so skinny. And then if I'm not feeling it for whatever reason that day, I'm like, yeah, shut up. Like, I don't believe you. So, (laughs) So there's, like, all these reasons why, like, it doesn't really... It's it's my internal state that's going to be able to dictate how much of that experience am I actually going to be able to accept or reject. That is the perfect segue for the other thing I want to bring up on today's podcast. Um, the You posted this week the five signs of that you are out of alignment, self-expression edition. And I went over that with Kess. I was like, one, you hold yourself back from speaking the truth. And I'm not like, when me and Kess see your stuff, we're like, okay, are we following along? You know, we compare it immediately to ourselves. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty outspoken. And the next, it's like, you hide parts of yourself for fear of shame or rejection. It's like, no, I'll run around naked if I want. Uh, three, your communication is defensive and other focus. No, I like doing flips for me. You're passive in the life that you're living. No, I'm going to do a flip right now. And... <laughs> Then we got to number five. You're exaggerated in the way you present yourself. And Cash is like, did she aim that at you? And I'm like, uh, I hope not. (laughs) But I think that goes back to knowing how you express yourself and what what the best way is for you individually as a person. Right, and 
I'm going to steal your yeah, phone steal right here. Yeah, steal it. Go for it. So to expand on that fifth point, you know, is obviously if there's one thing to hold yourself back and make yourself small mm-hmm. and hide your brightness and all of your authenticity because you're afraid of being accepted. Yep. But then the other part of that is what I see often playing out in our culture a little bit is like this need to be validated by everybody else. And it comes out with such a, you know, such an energy of validate my experience. Tell me that you agree with what I say. And, you know, so in that, like I expanded and says, you may come off as grandiose, extreme and stubborn. Um, You feel the need to tell everyone about all the awesome things you do and how cool you are, you know, and check yourself. Are you seeking external validation? Are you engaged in intention seeking from other people? True expression and true acceptance comes from within and it's an inner strength that's present regardless of others' opinions or attention. And I feel like I've expanded quite a bit in my energy and my presence because I'm really centering in who I am, what I have to bring, how I want to share myself with others as. And I imagine there are probably people out there looking at me or will will now project whatever they're struggling with onto me and say, oh, look at Lauren doing all these things. Look at Lauren doing all this attention seeking, you know, and, and kind of as a side note, I know this doesn't quite have to do with anger, but <laughs> I've noticed that when I'm actually good, when I'm happy in alignment, feeling happy with myself, I post more on social media. Yep. For me, me alone, because I'm happy and I want to share that joy with other people. Oh, man. Social media, that that goes, that's a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Your social media is a resume now. It So for people that look at how often people post on social media, okay, if you're a 22-year-old guy and you're going out asking random girls to give you a kiss on your cheek because it's your birthday, you're probably like a group like overdoing it a little bit (laughs) if you're part of quote-unquote prank or social experiment culture on youtube you're probably a good example of uh overindulgence and grandioseness but on the other hand when again when you have performers and when you have like dreams and art and everything they'll all tell you like your social media and what you post is your resume Mm -hmm. As well as your connections, what you're doing, all that fun stuff. Uh, something Kestrel told me when we started dating was um, nobody wants a project. Mm-hmm. And uh, that also goes for employers. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone wants to pull you in thinking you're at your best. And that doesn't mean you have to be at your best all the time. Because we talked about that during uh, the group chat. It's like it's, if you're one of the kind of people that builds up and makes one really great post every couple of months, do it to it. Mm-hmm. Like, more power to you. But if you're feeling good and you post more often, don't let that stop you or don't let that think that you're overdoing it. Like, the commentary of, oh, people who post online are just doing this for validation and stuff like that. And it's like, no, actually, when when actually I need that sort of stuff, I tend to, like, isolate more, which is has its own problems. But I, I think that, for me, recognizing that when I'm feeling good, I'm sharing myself more with people. And so that's my experience. And the more I'm, I've come across people who don't seem to have that inner confidence. And so them trying to come off as really impressive, mm-hmm. um, it seems like them just trying to have someone verify or 
reflect back to them, oh, how cool, how interesting are you? And then, and then they'll, they'll feel more safer or more secure with yeah. who they are because they're getting this feedback because they've made such an effort. And I feel like that's a hollow projection of true like self-expression because if you're doing it for the attention and only you know inside mm-hmm. if if that's oh, what you're absolutely doing. yeah, yeah. and, and because the, the other part of that is other people are going to project their own perceptions onto whomever they're looking at yeah and so they could look at me and say Man, Lauren's doing all this stuff. Like, she must be really insecure. She's I really get trying. jealous if you're traveling. Like, God, <laughs> that looks so cool. That if someone's looking at me through that lens, it has more to say about who they are and what they're struggling with, or what where they they're needing the work, mm-hmm. and they're just splashing that on to me, as opposed to maybe looking at whether or not they're calibrated to know if they're being authentic with themselves. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that reminds me of, like, there's a bunch of friends that I have who get off of social media because they don't like seeing, uh, other people, like, going out and doing stuff. And I asked, I asked one of my friends, I was like, why? Because I'm on social media. And I'm like, hey, man, like, aren't we all supposed to support each other? And one of the easiest way to help get that is by sharing your posts Mm -hmm. and by sharing the content you create. One of the... I don't remember who it was. It might be Ralph the Creator who made that meme. It's like, why aren't you more famous? Because you don't share my shit. (laughs) You know? And that just goes back to a lot of... In my friend's uh, instance, other people's success made him realize how much he wasn't. Mm. And uh, when I told him about the YouTube editor job and all this stuff, he got really upset. And, like, he didn't talk for a little bit until he just hit me up out of the blue and came over and I'm like that so I'm not gonna tell you you're a bad friend but I'm gonna say that's a pretty crummy thing to do my success should not be your wake-up call that you're not doing well all right because that means that you and I both that you saw both of us as losers is essentially what you're telling me and he said yes so I'm not I'm not putting words in his mouth or jumping to conclusions but I said you you saw both of us as these guys who weren't making it and we weren't doing well. And then suddenly, you know, I kept going. I never stopped. And now I'm getting to do all these things. And you're like, oh, well, now he's no longer like me. And I'm like, my success isn't your wake-up call, bro. It becomes about you then. True community. True friendship. It, it, it's not like that never happens. For right? the record, we're a hell of a lot closer now since yeah. we had that conversation. Like that level of being able to be vulnerable and open and honest and each other hold space for that. Yeah. And then move past it and support one another. You know, like that, I don't think that's impossible that it doesn't happen. I think often we, we get triggered by each other and being able to have the awareness around it and why is it affecting me and how do I move past it? Like every, every opportunity is an opportunity to learn about ourselves and what we can do to calibrate and, you know, motivate ourselves. But ideally people have their, their sting or whatever, their pity party, and then they process it and recognize, all right, these are the changes I need to make. Yeah. And then, and then they are able to come back around and be that supportive person. Cause I think, I don't know, true community comes around <laughs> with that, that benefit of people celebrating each other's success. Exactly. And, uh, I guess that 
everybody should try an acro yoga or an acrobat class at least once because the community in that is so successful. Ignoring the resume thing, because that's where my background is now, right? Like, that's where all of my perspectives and stuff are coming from. Uh, a lot of, like, just your progress over the years is recorded by social media. Mm -hmm. And it's so cool. It's like I told everybody in the group chat, uh, the voice call, uh, one of my students said, when you go back and you look at it, at your old suck, and you're like, God, I suck. You need to realize that you didn't suck. You're just so much better now than mm -hmm. it feels like you did. And he goes, when you realize that, it's a real cool feeling. And this is coming from a 19-year-old kid, you know? And I'm like, wow, I'm going to share that with Rooted and see what they think. Uh, people who, like, shun away from social media, sincerely ask yourself, why do you not like looking at that? Because I get not wanting to see, like, a Kardashian and all their bullcrap that they're getting into but like your own friends and not wanting to see what they're putting out there and everything because they're sharing it for you and they're sharing it with you and all of your other friends your mutual friends their friends that you haven't met yet and all that fun stuff like where is the root cause of why you don't like looking at it right and it's such a new tool you know and i i have my own like hesitations and kind of frustrations with social media and i still work through it but like what i'm gonna put you on the spot like what i i think it's hollow for the most part like it's not a genuine connection and i think it's not that it can't be i just think that it's it's like fast food compared to like a home-cooked meal like it gets you your what's a home-cooked meal what we're doing right now true conversation you know true community getting out and spending time with actual people in person you know that's very true but we've got some friends like Cole, hopefully, for example, because I listened to his episode, um, we'll, that will go in and listen to this one. Mm -hmm. And so podcasting, I feel like, is a little bit different of a modality in terms of social media. I'm, I'm thinking about the, look, I'm at Starbucks, look at my cool picture of my coffee. You know, like, <laughs> just, okay, cool, you went to Starbucks today, I'm really happy for you. Like, that's not really, like, a genuine Well, connective... now, see, that might get, but that might get back into what you were talking about, where that's, like, for validation that you're doing something. Possibly. You know, and I, I think it's a tool. So, like, Ex you yep. can use a knife to cook dinner, or you can use a knife to stab somebody. Or stab yourself, I guess. Hey, man, if you're a cannibal, <laughs> that's all three. <laughs> <laughs> An auto-cannibal. But I think that it is, it's so new that we don't have the calibration to wield it. And, like, some people do, and there's really good parts of social media out there in the way that it has created community for people who often do feel isolated. You know, for me, in, in Growing Rooted, the online part, doing, like, the Facebook group and trying to create a community where people can have the dialogue and feel safe online, you know, where other people may not feel very safe meeting in person or getting on a video call and sharing their face and stuff like that like giving all these avenues to create connection and create a supportive environment like social media can play really nicely into that yep. and we've all seen the toxic side where people are hiding behind the keyboards dropping really painful hurtful stuff and not having to deal with the consequences of hurting another person yeah and that all comes down to the people who use it and how they choose to engage their energies over it well, that goes back to what I was saying. Um, we're, we're not trying to make fire types water types. And mm -hmm. we're not trying to make water types fire types either. So, like, if you're the kind of person that genuinely, even at the end of the day, after 
a year of being in a self-help program or something, still doesn't like getting on video calls and showing their face, accept that. Just accept that about yourself. But the goal isn't to make you comfortable showing your face. The goal is to help you go to bed at night loving who you are. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the ultimate goal. And going back to what I was kind of saying about, like, self-awareness and developing that knowledge of where things are coming from in terms of a trigger, if you're getting angry or feeling a sense of inadequacy, developing the skills to kind of explore that and think critically through it, that's the process of learning how to do the self-reflection. Because we aren't, we, the, we these are not things that we figure out and then we just lock them in and we're done and we move on to the next yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Because experiences, circumstances, all these things change us as we age and we become a new person. And that means we have this uncharted territory at a new spot in our lives. Um, I know that you and Kestrel just got engaged. Yes. Your relationship to her is going to change at some point where you go from being boyfriend, girlfriend to husband, wife. Yep. And that's going to be similar, but different in terms of the challenges you guys will face. Um, and so having that awareness of being able to reflect on what's changed, why is this suddenly now affecting me differently than it did in the past? Um, well, like having the skills around that will ultimately serve to help be able to answer the question so you can come to it from a regulated place of this is who I am. This is what's going on. This is why it's affecting me. So, and then be able to respond instead of react which most of the time i think acting on anger is often from an unconscious reaction knee-jerk type of response oh yeah you you have to train your autopilot yeah you have to train these it's an actual term in martial arts uh fudoshin means without mind uh or mushin i'm sorry fudoshin means clear mind uh but mushin means without mind or empty mind it's the whole ultra instinct thing like in dragon ball it's based on a real thing and it's a skill that you can train a lot of this is a skill communication is a skill 100 percent. same as uh being like self-awareness you have mm-hmm. to train that it's not something that you're going to sit and meditate and just nail unless you're a natural at it in which case be a psychologist right but so many people get wrapped up in not getting that satisfaction right away that they think ah oh, this ain't worth it but like you can you can train your autopilot you can even train your response to anger and stuff to like pick it up immediately and just let it wash over you you still get mad you still have a hairline trigger the, the trick is not to aim that at anybody to acknowledge that it hit you and then let it go you know but that takes practice and it takes self-awareness and it takes like insight and having healthy ways to express it because I'm kind of of the modality of don't stuff it if you stuff it and you ignore it and you push it aside it's just going if you sweep a whole bunch of dirt under the rug eventually you're going to be tripping over the rug because there's so much (laughs) under there (laughs) that's a good way to put it so I, I think that's another reason why people struggle with anger and knowing how to process it is it's like all right I'm mad you're the reason why I'm mad and I'm gonna make sure you know it and that's that's not necessarily always the productive thing, but being able to express your anger and move that energy out of your body, I think, is a healthy way to get rid of that energy. I mean, today, I know 
I know how I come off by using myself as an example, but they're the best examples when you live through things is your own personal experience. But just today, I've had a rough flipping day. And you know that this was supposed to start recording 40 minutes ago or an hour ago, and I was the one who was late because of everything that happened. But it all, it literally started because my friend bailed. I hired him to help work my classes and he bailed on me. And I was mad. But I didn't, I've got phys, like physical evidence of our conversation. I told him, look, we're cool. I'm looking forward to seeing you tonight and training and hanging out. It's just like this job thing ain't working out because you live too far away. And uh, the whole point of you being brought on was to help me take over that. But I was furious because I had to leave work and go rush over to McKinney from downtown Dallas, open up the gym, and then teach it for two hours and I'm trying to get ahead on everything for the rest of the week. But, again, maybe mad. I addressed it. I let it go. And I didn't blow up on him at all. He's been texting me all day apologizing for everything and saying how bad he is. And you don't suck. You don't suck, bro. You'll probably never hear this unless I make you listen to it. But <laughs> you don't suck at all, dude. It's just just what it is what it is. If you didn't live in Fort Worth, it would have been easier. Well, in in that, being able to address the issue, be solution-focused, and fixate on the problem and divorcing it from the individual to maintain the relationship, you're able to kind of separate the two in a way that helps facilitate recognizing and being honest in what the problem is and still being able to maintain that connection. And a lot of people either withhold that information because they don't want to disrupt the relationship or... They don't care about the relationship. And so... And they just... Boom! Kaboom! Explode. So some ways, just as an aside, that I've thought about anger and how to process it in healthy ways. I'm a big fan of dance, as everybody knows. So moving the body, you know, is another way. Why don't you come out and let me teach you stuff then? Yeah, I'm down. Are you? Yeah. Are you down to leave in 15 minutes? Yeah. Uh, Okay. (laughs) I'm down. I'll post in the comments whether or not she came out with me. (laughs) Yeah. But so running, dancing, um, I'm a big fan of driving in my car and screaming. Yes. <laughs> and it's and it's just to just be as loud as possible and get it all out of my system. You know, there's other ones where you can kick and punch a pillow, you know, scream into a pillow or a punching bag, which uh, is why those things exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kickboxing, boxing, that sort of stuff is definitely part of it. And obviously throwing stuff at people, not good. Throwing stuff in a healthy direction that's not going to break anything or damage property, probably okay. You know, so we have these ways that we can process that energy. And then I think, too, when it's when it's in conflict with somebody else, someone being able to hold space for that energy is something else that I think we lack. Because we're uncomfortable with expressing our own anger. So when we see somebody else expressing it, we either want to, you know, acclimate to them and be like, all right, no, sorry, sorry. Just stop yelling or... Yes, or diffuse it. Yeah, they they acquiesce was the word, not acclimate. Um, You know, so get down, you know, let it go. Or they withdraw from it because they can't witness it. Or they blow it back. Right. And then you got these two people highly activated which doesn't help but being able to like i've kind of been processing this and i wouldn't call it a meditation because i'm engaging with people 
but I'm, I'm observing myself and trying to practice more when I can be with another person and just sit with their discomfort or their upsetness or pain and not necessarily feel the need to fix it, but just show them that, that I'm there for it. Yeah. And it's been interesting to observe my discomfort in that and still be able to hold, hold myself and my experience in that, but still let them know, like, I'm not going anywhere. Like you are entitled to be mad or you're, I can see that you're hurting and that's okay. Like not going anywhere. And that I think is how an intimacy is developed over time because like you, your friend's going to come out tonight. Yep. He sure is. And you guys are able to maintain that friendship, even in spite of the fact that this was a, a really inconvenient problem. Oh, yeah. No, that you. screwed me for the rest of the day. But it is what it is. There was something else I wanted to bring up in terms of self-awareness and change. And I can't remember it. No, self-awareness is scary in general. It's something learned. It's not something innate. Everybody's got their own natural talents and crap like that. But if you want to be a charming or a charismatic or an outgoing person, that's a skill, ultimately. A lot of people mix up extrovert and introvert. Extrovert and introvert doesn't determine how social you are. Your sociability is like a skill that you can work on. It determines how you recharge your personal batteries. Do you Are you one of those people that's like, I just need to get in and chill? I'm introverted, believe it or not. Like, I'm out, and I love hanging out with people and stuff, but when I want to recharge, I just need to be by myself, like, sitting at home, like, chilling, doing nothing. And then I'm good to run the battery for a couple of more weeks. And then uh, Kestrel's the opposite. You know, she's the shy one, but she gets recharged by going out and doing stuff with people. Yeah. And so, like, everybody thinks that your self-awareness and your... uh reflection inner i guess self-reflection and insight is all something natural and it's not it's something that has to be worked on and built up over time you have to grow it it's not talent it's skill it's something acquired which by the way for people that didn't know this kung fu literally means skill acquired through hard work interesting yes i didn't know that yeah when it comes to things that are uncomfortable you know and, and I kind of talked about this on the podcast about uh the inner child um being able to develop having a perspective that says like I am immature in this area that goes back to the kind of like self-criticism thing like if I'm looking at myself and I'm saying I am immature on this I have I'm low skill yep. that is so much more spaciousness and graciousness as opposed to I suck at this yep. and, and when it comes to Facing things that are scary or uncomfortable or we haven't developed the coping mechanisms to deal with it healthily, such as people who are uncomfortable with their anger or don't, you know, who, and it's anger for one is one that we shame as a society. And I kind of think it's because if someone gets angry and says, hey, you're trespassing my boundary, you can't control that person because yep. they're going to speak out and they're going to respond to that trespass clearly and you can't control that person. So what do we do? We say, hey, anger is not good. If you get angry, that means you're immature or you're not capable of being in our civilized society. And it's like, no, actually, it serves a purpose. Mm -hmm. And being able to act on that anger responsibly and from a place of competence and <coughs> awareness and being able to do it from being an adult instead of like throwing a tantrum. Yep. 
there's a bit of a difference there. But I, I think that's one reason why so many people get this conditioning of anger is not good because if it was from society or oh. our parents saying, you know, you're misbehaving because you're upset about me telling you to do something. Conditioning is a godlike way to put that. Um, just, this is another fun little fun fact. Uh, conditioning is the proper term for training or working out mm. because conditioning is literally what it sounds like. You're conditioning your body. And when we're talking about the anger thing, like you just mentioned it, you're conditioning your mind, you're conditioning your emotions. All this stuff is conditioning. And so to really make progress in it, you need to have that condition your self-awareness and realize, is this something that I want to invest the effort in working on? You know, and then that comes, that's going to lead you to asking like, oh, what kind of person do I want to be? And how do I develop the sense of character to be that person? And I think in terms of like becoming our authentic self, it is a little bit about clearing away all the patterns and conditioning that we learned from either society or parents or wherever we got shaped into the mask that we put on. That's part of it. But it's also, so it's clearing away some of that stuff. And then it's discovering and cultivating the type of values that I want to have the behaviors I want to have, the sense of confidence and oh, well-being on that God, I have. Yes. And, and that that is me getting to shape the person I want to be from a higher level of awareness and being intentional with dealing with stuff that still triggers me and then clearing it out so it doesn't affect me as much. And then I find that I don't feel as threatened and therefore I don't end up quick to anger as often. And so there's ways that we can take our development and our self-awareness to be able to find our inner peace and then bring that peace outward to other people and create that safe space Yeah, where more people are able to find their peace. Um, was there any last thoughts that you well, had? Well, you asked earlier. I was actually going to add on top of that. You asked during uh, this last video call, or actually you put it in the program itself, like, what are problems that you want to have in your life? And I love that question, because that's similar to another question I like to ask, is what negative qualities do you want to have in yourself? Because you can't... Um, if I had to affiliate myself with any type of perspective, I'd say... Uh, Keep going. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm holding a thought. Oh, got you. I was <laughs> like, do I, need, do I nail it? Did I hit it on the nose? You uh, did. You nailed um, it. I would affiliate myself with the Taoist method of belief. Uh, and I just like to believe that you have to have negative along with positive. But negative... Remove good and evil from your your mindset when it comes to cultivating who you are. Good and evil is about intent. Mm. Good and evil is not part of yin and yang. It's independent of that. Yin and yang is positive and negative. You got to have both. A positive and a negative charge is what helps create things. Mm -hmm. It's what helps balance it out. Uh, for all the people that passed chemistry and I didn't, balancing equations is about <laughs> finding that neutral zone and everything else. So it's like uh, my example was I want the confidence to do, to make myself try and do anything. I'm willing to accept I'm going to get a bit of an ego along the way. But when we're all down, and even when your chips are down, because it's going to hit eventually, I'm still going to be pushing you to keep doing this, Lauren. 
uh, I just hope that you'll be, like, reaching out to all of us when you're like, oh, man, it's kind of rough picking up the thing. I tell you right now, I got the fire. I'll keep adding fuel to it. And so what were you going to throw on top? I was going to say that that ties nicely into one of the podcasts I just did about balance. And I think recognizing that even our positive qualities can have an underlying dark side. and They even, will have it. And negative qualities still have a silver lining. And I think a lot yep. of people put, you know, if anger is something that they're uncomfortable with and they put it in this, like, shadow area. Because shadow is anything that we reject and push away and we don't want to acknowledge in ourselves. So people who struggle with their anger put it in their shadow. And then they're like, oh, I never get angry. Really? Because you seem really tense right now. <laughs> you know, so it's being... Your teeth are cracking. Yeah. So, and it's because... But even in that, there is this good that can come out of it. And so, and even having, like you were saying, the positive and negative, like that creates movement. And it creates kind of this energetic flow, which helps us motivate further and forward. Well, let's use anger as the example. Let's go back to my my car driving situation. Why do I get mad at the person ignoring everybody around them and doing something selfish? Well, because somebody can get hurt. It's like, well, how can that really benefit you in the outside world? If I see somebody in trouble or getting hurt, I am absolutely the person that will throw myself in there to try and help. And that comes from being bullied. Mm -hmm. I'm going to speak out against that when I see it. And so that's taking an anger thing, and there's the positive side. Yes, he might get angry at somebody cutting him off in traffic, He's also going to be the one that will stand up for others when they can't or when they're not feeling comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. You see, again, there's positive and negative sides behind that. It's just you can't it, it gets sketchy when it comes to intent. Like, why are you telling? Why are you getting upset with people? You know, why are you throwing a beer bottle at that person for cutting you off? That's just making you feel good about something. Right. Quoting something my dad used to do when people cut him off in traffic. He'd throw a fucking beer bottle at him. Uh, yes, my father was nuts. Is nuts? Question mark. That's probably a good example of too far in one direction. Yeah, and questioning our motivations of what, like, you have the awareness of, like, why it's something that's important to you. And being able to say, all right, like, this is something that there are people who aren't as developed or as capable. And I am, because of my experiences and my willingness to show up for this person and help others in this way like i'm i'm okay like putting that out and i don't yep. care the consequences because in my mind this is bad and this is wrong and somebody like ideally people develop the skills to then be able to stand up for themselves and it exactly kinda, it takes time to develop that but it, this is not part of the conversation we've had today but it was one of the ones that we had after that group call yep where we learn by example and we learn by our community so we have to see and be shown that there are alternatives to the behavior that we exhibit currently oh man don't even get me started on that so so that's an entirely different podcast yeah. so th that that is why so I'm, I'm gonna catch everybody up for anybody who's not following along with it um i am currently running a beta course for a personal growth it's was supposed to be eight weeks. It's probably going to end up being 16 weeks because there's a lot of content I'm going over. But each week is going over a different facet of life that needs to be kind of locked down and examined to be able to uh, 
optimize one's life so they can show up fully actualized and with the direction and purpose they want. And so we talked about safety and security. Next one's about play and flow states. And from there on top of that is ego work. And then above that is uh, relationships and then self-expression and then insight, which is like progress and stuff like that. And then spirituality at the top. So I argued that soul or uh, ego is not the same as self-expression, but in between the two is relationships. Because in my yeah. mind, you have to have the relationships to help foster that sense of safety to then be able to fully self-express. Yeah, and you changed my mind on that. Like, that was one of those things where, oh, you know, she's right. Because I used to think, nah, I kind of had it done together. And you pointed out, well, I mean, it was your comfort in those other relationships that brought you to realizing that you could express yourself freely. And I was like, oh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> you win. Like, that, it's not necessarily like you win as in it was a, a battle, but like, yeah, I see that. And changing, completely changed it. And it only took you two sentences to do it. Yeah, and it's it's something, too, like as the course goes on, you know, we'll be able to explore it more, too. And, like, it's still stuff that I'm... So I've had all this information in all these different places and finally being able to, like, synthesize it into, like, creating, like, a structure to really articulate it has really been cool to see how all these puzzle pieces, like, tie into each other. Um, but I do think we're going to go head off to the gym now. Sure. So I really appreciate you coming on. Hopefully you'll be able to pop on and do another podcast here in the I future. I love this. I think we need to get coal and have a little trinity going on because i'd love to ask i i just love listening to you and him talk really yeah and get you both of your opinions and stuff live i'd be you call me whenever you want and i'll okay. show up that, right that's just all there is to it cool well i appreciate you coming on and until next time you guys have a great week take care everybody bye